Welcome to Gaia's Consciousness Podcast, expanding your mind and spirit. Learn even more at Gaia.com. Watch interviews, movies, and original series created to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Your journey begins here. Many of you watching this one are familiar with Matthias de Stefano. He's brought a wealth of knowledge from his past lives to all of us over the last couple of years and really has so much more to offer in terms of the kind of the mechanics of it, such as the notion that emotions are what really ground us into a lot of our past lives. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. Welcome, Matthias. Yeah, it's thank so you good for inviting me. Yes, it's so good to see you. So let's just start a little bit at the beginning right now, and that is you as a teenager and what started happening in history class to you in this <laughs> lifetime? <laughs> well, it, it's been all my life, for sure, that I had this connection with other beings from other dimensions that, for me, were just part of the family. Uh, I had no idea um, that they were from other sides. Um, and there was one day when I was 12 years old that they told me, you, will, you, will, you won't see us any, anymore. You won't be able to watch us, to, to see our shapes anymore but you will start to remember next Sunday, next uh, Monday, you will start to remember. Hmm. So pay attention to everything we taught to you and just write it down and make drawings. Don't, don't uh, let it in your mind. Mm -hmm. That was the only advice. And um, so I stopped seeing them. And uh, how was that for you? That was very tough because it was like losing part of the family. family. Like yeah. if they just said, okay, we have to move to another country and left you. Maybe we can call sometime. But <laughs> yeah, but we you're an orphan. It. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it felt like that. It was yeah. like losing my um, grand, um, uh, like a big brother yeah. or something like this, like yeah. part of the family, uh, that someone who was guiding me. Yeah. So now here we go, you're on your own, yeah. and uh, let's hop to when you start being experiencing things through common information that was coming up in your life, and boom, the memories come back. Yeah, so that was that Monday or Tuesday, I think. Um, we had this history class, and um, the teacher gave us these uh, copies uh, with like ancient history. So from the very beginning, their beginning, 3,500 years. Oh, when humanity BC. began. Yeah, well, well, the, 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 the first civilizations and stuff. Yeah. And there was a picture of the pyramids, which until that moment for me was nothing. But when I saw it, I had a um, headache, like I was a, um, like a pain here. And uh, I just saw like everything moved like in a tunnel. And I saw the pyramids, only one. Actually, it took many years until I saw the three. Mm -hmm. I was only seeing one, the one in the middle. Was that because you were seeing from different time frames? Mm -hmm. uh, I, th I thought it was different time frames, mm -hmm. but also I thought that I was emotionally in, uh, uh, linked to that pyramid even more than the others. Okay. So my mind just got rid of the other sure. ones and said... She focused this is, on what was yeah. important. Yeah. Um, so, but I saw them, I saw it white. Um, and everything was very different. There were trees. The, well, it was, it was covered in, at one time in white. It was white. It was, I don't know if it, it was, was limestone, yeah. but it was covered in yeah. white. Yeah. In white. That's yeah. fallen in alabaster. Alabaster, correct. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they were shining, yes. you know, like stars on earth. Yes. And, and 
I saw that image, and the second image I had was in front of the, of the Sphinx, which was like a red lion. Mm-hmm. And I was a woman aside of my husband, mm-hmm. and I was really worried. Mm-hmm. And that was the first memories I got that day. And from that moment on, every day I had another memory. Sometimes it was part of the language, sometimes something that happened in my family, sometimes something that happened in, in the village. Um, so it was all mixed. I couldn't really put the whole picture together until I was like 17, 18. Um, and what did you figure out? How, what was that story about? Why was it important you were seeing it? I, I realized that I was remembering that story because I was in the mirror time of that story. Like uh, I am right at the other side of the timeline of that. So I'm mirroring that moment. That's why for me it was more important than all the rest. And, um, and also because um, I decided something in that moment, in that life, that, would, that uh, I said in that time, I had to finish it in my mirrored time, which is now. Uh, okay, so what did it, A, we'll get into mirrored time, what is it you had to finish? Um, I had to do a reconnection of the network of consciousness. Um, for, the, for that time was different because it was Leo time. So it was all about the governments and the, and the families, the structure of the, of the main families being ruling the planet and trying to, to settle the power in the, in the main sources, which were like the pyramids or other pyramids around the world. And for the new time, it would be networks, how every individual should be its own government and creating a new net, network besides the pyramids, like creating it in a different way. So, Which is the timeline we're in now. That's exactly. what's required of us now. Yeah. Did you get a se- dyna- sense of the dynastic period at all? Dynastic? No. Well, it, it was kind of a dynasty, but yeah. it was not Egyptian. Okay, it was I, not It was Egyptian. Egypt, but it was, it was not, not So it might have been culture. even... Okay, so if, you know, some of the people and some of the traditions that talk about the age of the Great Pyramid put mm-hmm. it at 85 to 100,000 years old, mm-hmm. you could have been looking at history prior to any of the dynastic periods. Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah, the, the, the people in Egypt uh, that were from the dynastic period, they rebuilt the pyramids. Mm-hmm. They did some works yeah. repairing them. They weren't the original. But they weren't the original yeah. ones creating them. Okay, now let's talk about the opposite timeline and what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some theories um, that may well very, be, very well be true that everything has its mirrored opposite. Yeah. So whatever we are in now has us in our mirrored opposite in that timeline. Mm-hmm. You explain it, how you see it, understand it, and why. How did you know that was it? Was it because of what you know and came to do that you figured that out, or is there something maybe more linear as an explanation? Well, I, I understood that when I was sixteen or, or seventeen, I guess, um, about uh, how we can interpret things, like uh, for example, from. Uh, the third dimension point of view or the fourth dimension point of view is depending on which dimension you want to explain something. Yes. It, it changes. Yeah. So it's not lineal. The explanation is right. not like this happens because of this and mm-hmm. this and this. Uh, it's according to which dimension you explain it. So from our point of view, that is the past. So it's something that already happened mm-hmm. and that condition our civilization today through time uh, from the point of view of the fourth dimension, that is still happening. Mm-hmm. 
And um, because that's still happening, it's conditioning us today as our actions today is conditioning what is happening there. Mm -hmm. um, so it depends on the point of view. But the thing is that all in the universe has a positive and a negative and everything uh, flows in a cycle, ups and downs, in and out. So everything moves uh, in this kind of uh, cycles. So when we talk about time, um, a way of understanding this is like uh, talking about f uh, vibration. Vibration mm -hmm. is like the space point of view of the universe. So everything is vibrating. And the frequency is the time point of view of the space. So frequency is basically how many times that vibration moves through space. Mm -hmm. And so you can calculate the time through. This can be very short frequency. or very long. Exactly. Uh, it can explanation be a short time for, for, yes. or fast. Yes. yes. You know, so uh, that's the frequency. Frequency right. is how many intervals. Intervals. Yeah. It, you have. So when we relate that to the movement of the planet, mm -hmm. for example, the planet moves like seventy-two degrees. Um, its axis. It moves in a circle, spinning uh, seventy-two degrees every. Um, um, it, it moves uh, every 200 years or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but uh, it is spinning constantly. Mm -hmm. So it moves, um, it moves it, its axis uh, uh, pointing in a new star, northern star, mm -hmm. every 2,500 years. So that means that um, when it makes the whole turn, it's in the same point. So the same things kind of the same things mm -hmm. would happen. So the opposite side is the one that reflects what is happening. So um, it's like a clock. So could you say in your personal life, you had started something that wasn't completed at that time, and mm -hmm. it took until this time around mm -hmm. in that kind of frequency band yeah. before you were ready. So that would be called your mirrored timeline before mm -hmm. you were ready to resonate back with that and pick it up and take it further? Yes, it's like... Um, so it doesn't have a determinate number of years in it. It's determined on the situation. Yes, yeah. it's on the situation. Uh, it's, it's like if you have a circle, mm -hmm. like a clock, with many chords. Yeah. Okay, so those chords are resounding constantly, mm -hmm. but the only way the chord can sound perfectly is if one side and the other side, the opposite side, are very well tied. Right. So if there is a tension between mm -hmm. the lines... That means that whatever happens here in the opposite will create a possibility in this one. Yes. So it will resound if we are very well known, uh, um, if we have awareness of what happens the other side. So as an example, you're talking about something that could have happened 20, 30, 40, 50,000 years ago, mm -hmm. whatever, wherever it was pegged in pre-dynastic Egypt into this day and time. But on the other hand, maybe it was something that happened 80 years ago in another lifetime that was started and the resonance was created and is now going to be picked up. Would that be considered still its opposite timeline? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. It, it's always a... It's the uh, resonance that's yeah, created. Yeah, it's, it's not a specific moment. Yes. Uh, it's every, every moment yeah. has its own... Well, that's helpful. It, it's its own line. Um, so... So you spin something into motion in one lifetime, whenever that was, mm -hmm. and there comes a time when you come back into resonance to complete or carry forward? Yeah, mm -hmm. because the resonance that I set in that moment are flowing through the resonance 
to this moment. Yes. So I'm receiving directly that yeah. information. And the reason why I am receiving it is because I did everything in that moment so I could listen to myself in this moment. Mm -hmm. So most of the people don't do exactly that way. Uh, it's just uh, most of the people just let it go through the biological way, mm -hmm. which takes a long time, long time mm -hmm. and many, um, many misconceptions of what is happening. Uh, so some people, they just throw a line straight instead of doing the whole turn. Yes. So that's why some people can remember exactly what happened mm -hmm. in the opposite time. Interesting. Okay, mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that. Another thing you talk about is the notion of emotions and how emotion plays into our being able to resonate back into a period mm -hmm. or forward into a period. And we can talk about that. What is the role of emotion in uh, past life recall? Well, emotion basically means uh, motion. It's movement. Mm -hmm. That's the word. So everything that is in movement has an emotion. That's basically what it is. So we move through emotions, which are basically the hormones, um, um, the reactions of our glands, making hormones that activate the, the body, the neurons to do an action. So what we call an emotion is not something outside our body, but it's something produced in our body through motion of energy. So in order for something to be able to move, it needs a positive and a negative energy that creates polarity. Polarity creates movement because of magnetism. So it spins. So that's the movement. And that's what creates this movement constantly like this that we used to call in Sanskrit, like in India, chakra. Chakra means wheel, basically mm -hmm. something that is mm -hmm. moving. So emotion is basically a chakra moving constantly, which allows us to move forward. So what this means, that, um, that the information in the universe is storage through movement. It's constantly evolving. Evolving basically means to roll down. So uh, it's something that is constantly moving. So the best way to transmit an information from one time to another is through the emotion because it's like a train with all the wheels moving. It doesn't also have almost like a magnetic, more... A magnetic quality to it mm -hmm. that kind of draws you almost in a sticky way into the visceral reality of the emotion, which mm -hmm. also means trauma, which is yeah, all the levels all of, of it throughout our history mm -hmm. of incarnations. Yeah, right. They all, they all, all the 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 emotions, mm -hmm. the most horrible ones, darkest one till the most light ones. They are all like a library. Yes. They are storages of information. And part of the subconscious that carries forward. Yeah. So, so, so we have all the emotions that our ancestors and our previous lives have been feeling. Mm -hmm. So they shaped us what we are now. So through emotions, we can awaken what was happening in that time. Mm -hmm. That's why when we try to remember a past life, usually it comes with an emotion. And it's through the emotion that we can remember better. Yes, in fact, looking at it through the lens of emotion, it seems that a lot of time when people go into past lives, it is trauma yeah. that kind of draws them back. Because clearly when there's trauma, there's something that's been blunted mm -hmm. and has not been allowed to be properly handled or finished or whatnot. So it makes sense you want to transform that ultimately. But what's interesting to me is it seems that 
when you have the density of those emotions and trauma, you can kind of go back into it fairly easily. What's in it, when it's an event that is very fine and ephemeral, it's not, it doesn't have the same stickiness and draw no. and the same <laughs> pulling power. Yeah. It almost doesn't seem fair that we, we can easily recall all of this stuff that's painful and all the beautiful, beautiful ephemeral stuff seems to have just floated away. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, basically, it's because our, our mind is designed to expand, but our body is designed to survive. What does this mean? That the body is basically uh, a conjunction of cells that has been evolving trying to survive in a very hostile environment. So the cells are trying to pay attention to the pain, right. not the pleasure, mainly. That <laughs> because, makes total sense, yeah, absolutely. So, because if I feel pain, that means that I will understand where is the problem so I can solve yes. it. Our mind, our brain, sorry, our brain has been designed to interpret the pain so it can live longer. Mm -hmm. So all our body is assigned to pay attention to the conflicts and the pain, the suffering. For so, the survival of the physical. For the survival of the physicals, yeah. So our mind is creating an idea of how good it is to not feel that. But our body is saying, yeah, but to get there, you have to go through pain. So pay attention to pain. That's why our when we remember a past life, usually our brain is saying, okay, let's go to the trauma to try to solve it. <laughs> because the mind is like constantly looking for a conflict in order to try to dissolve the conflict mm -hmm. and make it pleasure um, or make it more stable. Um, so, in, but in order to do that, it has to go and look for every painful thing. So it's, it's on high alert, <clears throat> looking yeah, for its threats. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. So while we live an animal life, uh, because we are still living through that um, animal state of survival, because we need stuff to survive, to eat, to live, to feel secure, to have a partner, all these kind of things are animal um, point of view. So all these things takes us to pain because we are trying to solve something to survive. When you transcend the survival, which is you don't need anything else, you're just in another state of level of consciousness that you don't need anything. Right. So pain disappears. Right. Because the cell doesn't need to survive anymore. Right. So that's why the enlightened ones, they don't really suffer. Right. But in order to get enlightened, they had to suffer much than any other. Yeah. Because they needed to transcend they had to the pain it and, yes. of every one of the cells. Yes, yes. That's why when you, when you see in the past times, when you see all the masters, they have suffered so much. They had to suffer a lot in certain periods of time so they could transcend the pain of every cell. Mm -hmm. And to teach the cells, each one of them, that there's no reason why You're to survive. Safe. Yeah, so because we don't exist. Right. <laughs> so, right, exactly. Yeah. Gaia.com lets you explore over 8,000 films, documentaries, and original series. There's so much going on in the unseen world. Hidden truth. Why in the media today? They still seem to hold back on these incredible stories. Behind an unknown universe. Where science and spirituality all come together. Gaia.com. 
Content you can't find anywhere else. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Let's take it out to a mass consciousness scale. And we could talk for many, many hours about the nature of mind. Mm-hmm. Higher mind, lower mind, multidimensional mind. Mm-hmm. And it could get so esoteric and out there, it, people would start falling asleep probably. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, let's, so let's focus on a collective trauma, such as the inundations. And I will say personally, um, I went through a regression with Dolores Cannon and where, where I ended up. I didn't know that's where I was going. I ended up in the final day of one of the Atlantis uh, destructions. Mm-hmm. And the mass trauma that was created that, that, at that time created a really directive that we needed to go into a state of amnesia on, in subsequent incarnations mm-hmm. because too much had been lost that we'd have no incentive to incarnate. Yeah. Blasted ourselves to the Stone Ages, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other story. So here we, so many people are here now that have these in, these incredibly deep wounds collectively mm-hmm. from being uh, dying in mass, whether it's an inundation, whether it's explosion, land masses sinking, and so forth. Let's talk about hmm. kind of collectively understood, agreed upon trauma. Well, I will try to take the human emotion of this and, and trying to put it outside of humanity yeah. uh, so we can get it in a different way. Yeah. We have to think that humans, besides our individual consciousness, we are basically cells of a planet. So we are evolving cells in a planet that we work as groups in order to have synapses mm-hmm. so we can share information. So when we are trying to collectively like an organism to we are trying to transcend something or to transform something, we all have to have the same um, action. We, have, we all have to ha- have the same reaction. Yeah, collectively agreed upon reality. To transform a whole thing. Yeah. So um, when you suffer yourself, you are changing one concept of your own group. When you have a, a massive uh, thing, you can transcend that all together as a big organism. Mm -hmm. So let's say, for example, um, we don't usually think about this, but every one of our organs inside our body, imagine that every cell in that organ is like a whole culture. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you you drink Coke, (laughs) let's say um, every day, for example, um, your liver will start to say, hey, I cannot handle this, you know, like maybe once a week. I can, but so it's the organism, the whole organism that will start to suffer. Uh, it's not just one cell mm-hmm. in that organism. Mm-hmm. So the whole organism will start to suffer and will start to, to suffer the pain as a collective. So the same thing happened in the whole planet with the group with a country, with a region. So it's like an organ feeling something that is wrong, that is being, that is, that, that is wrong and that we all have to pay attention because it's a big part, it's an organ inside a body. Mm-hmm. So that memory creates a transcendental idea of a whole collective mind that helps to change faster um, something that was, that was stuck in that territory. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> an earthquake, mm-hmm. um, a war, um, these kind of things are something that 
changed completely as a massive suffering changed completely into another state of consciousness. I usually explain what happened in the, in the Second World War. Like, it was horrible what happened. And what happened took us to immediately, in a very fast way, to human rights, to new countries being born, to um, free speech. Um, new technologies. New technologies. Also having people moved around involuntarily mm -hmm. who started falling in love and and having children and creating whole new DNA strands and bloodlines yeah. from people mixing blood. Mm -hmm. Wars do that. Yeah. So it basically, if you, if you, if that war wouldn't happen, mm -hmm. we would be still like if it is the 1900s, we would be still living like no, that it's, time. It's very true. Yes. Uh, so, it was a collective suffering that pushed up the consciousness of thousands of people. Yes. And transformed the world in the way we see it today. And that makes total sense. Hmm. Now let's look at where you have everybody just simply wiped out. Yeah. <laughs> and now everything's gone. Mm -hmm. Your technology's gone. Everything's gone except your soul, of course. I mean, yeah. the spirit still exists, <laughs> but the rest of everything is pretty much gone. Yeah. Uh, so now how, what is the benefit in that where you have kind of a total wipeout? Like what? Sorry? A wipeout where m most of the population is gone from a large region. Oh, like in some periods of time happen? Mass extinctions, inundations, <clears throat> you know, mm -hmm. the Great Flood, uh, the Atlantean destructions hmm. and such. Where, where, where do you see, looking back, as the benefit of those destructions compared to something like World War II, which simply opened a lot of different doors? Mm -hmm. Well, if that's a problem that usually Christians have. Uh, sorry, <laughs> but, no, um, but uh, yeah, so usually Christianity and, um, and um, also, but become, uh, Christianity comes from Judaism mm -hmm. and also share the same root with Islam. Uh, yes. Uh, those main religions has been designed in a way of thinking that there is a paradise where everything is fine and that's our goal. Mm -hmm. And uh, we come from suffering and we have to escape from suffering because it was a punishment from God. Mm -hmm. And we have to escape from that. Oh, I was raised that way. Okay. Yeah, I know so about that. that. that even, even I didn't you, believe it. <laughs> yeah. I never But even it. though your cells yeah. had the environment. That's right. You know, like going to church or yeah. listening to these kind of things yeah. or going to synagogue. And this kind of thoughts, like we came from suffering because yeah. God punished us because we did something wrong. Yeah. And now we have to, you know, go to the paradise and do good things in order to get inside. Um, so this kind of thoughts had created an idea that we are suffering and we have to escape suffering. But when you go to Asia, India and stuff, it's not like that. It's, right. it's like, oh yeah, Shiva yeah. is the destroyer of things right. so we can create something new. Exactly. So, <laughs> so let's get it. So let's get yeah. into that. These periods where you've gained a certain amount of evolution as mm. a species, certain amount of, amount of technological advancement, and it's it's taken away or it's gone. Yeah. Now it's suddenly gone. So when you look this at this from a multidimensional point of view, would you say it's because that epoch period of history had reached the height of what it was capable of? And that, that was it. It wasn't going to go any further anyway. Yeah, it, yeah. it was just a period. It's like the frequency has, the, sorry, the, the vibration has frequencies. Mm -hmm. So you should never go this way because this is not natural. Mm -hmm. 
the natural thing is the harmony yes in frequency and vibration we couldn't we we wouldn't be able to talk without the silence we wouldn't be able to to have music without the silence we you know this kind of thing so same in the body as you say cellularly yeah. the anabolism and catabolism mm -hmm. of every cell life yeah. and death you, you wouldn't enjoy the sun without yeah, the night exactly and this kind of things so sometimes everything has a period so we evolve into a state of consciousness and then we have to change it to create a new one because when even if you create the perfect system eventually it will be the worst system if it keeps going mm -hmm. so for example um feudalism was a perfect system for europe um kingdoms was a perfect system for middle east uh but in this period we say those are bad things why it's because we are going into another wave mm -hmm. into democracy or something different that is coming with networks and democracy is now old too it's not working anymore so we have to go to another thing so this kind of um things it doesn't mean that democracy wasn't good that republics wasn't good that kingdoms wasn't weren't good that feudalism wasn't good that mm -hmm. dictatorship wasn't good it was the perfect Solution, in, solution that moment. in that moment. Yeah. And, it, and there was no other option in that moment because of the context. And also the consciousness of the people. Yeah. At the, uh, in of that course. region at that time, of yeah. course. So everything has to be, it's, it's hard to say destroy um, when, when we talk about these things, but uh, it needs to be transformed. Mm -hmm. So change the form into another thing. And every time that we, that we change something, and we are used to that previous something, we suffer because we don't like that change because that's all what we knew. The cells were, were used to that. So that's why everything is like a kind of a crisis when we transform. Mm -hmm. But when you see the whole history, it was because of those changes that we were able to be who, who we are now. Mm -hmm. It was because of the explosion in Sumatra 72,000 years ago that we basically became humans as we know today. It was because of the glaciation in Europe that humans spread along Asia and North America. Uh, it was because of the drought in Africa created in the Sahara that people left the rainforest and left to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. um, the wars in the Middle East, not these ones, but the, the, the first ones were the ones taking people to advances in technology, in religion and everything uh, new. Uh, the, the, the conflicts in, in, in the Mediterranean Sea created the Greek philosophy. Um, so um, everything that today we see as, oh, that was horrible, was what helped us to be what we are now. And um, people is complaining about this time, but actually this time is the best time we had it's true. <laughs> In the whole history of humanity. That's what I say. I mean, a hundred years ago, we would literally watch somebody being hung on a Saturday afternoon for entertainment. Exactly. And yeah, think it was in now. interesting. I mean, actually entertainment, watching a person suffer. That was very, very recently. In some yeah. parts of the world, it still exists. Exactly. Yes, uh, I agree with you. So uh, women couldn't vote like, no. what, 50 years ago? <laughs> 50 years ago. <laughs> it's like this what? half of the world's population didn't yeah. count. Our yeah. minds, our thoughts, our desires exactly. didn't matter. So, so it's, it's like a, we, are we are evolving so fast that we cannot be um, aware of how good we are. Yes. We cannot enjoy the 
really good things that we have accomplished because we are thinking about the whole chaos that is in the world today. And the only reason why we are now understanding the conflicts is because we have, we have internet. Mm -hmm. Because it we're always connected. happened, these kind of things. Yeah. But we were disconnected. Now we are connected. We can know everything that happened. So that's why we say, oh, this is a crazy time. No. Uh, <laughs> it's over mostly 2000 years ago yeah, was a crazy, crazy time. time. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And mostly it's just overwhelm of being essentially shocked by so much all at once, all the time, every day. And it's our own doing and our own choice mm -hmm. that we're allowing that to happen. And you brought up democracy a bit ago. And um, I'm going to talk to you about what, what you see as what comes next. Mm -hmm. Democracy, in the truest sense of the word, is every vote, every person. Every person matters on this planet. That's the truest sense of democracy. It's not even... The power not, of the population. That's right. It's not a political thing. Mm -hmm. So looking at it in the way that everyone matters, mm -hmm. where do you see the planet kind of going? Everybody talks about the years 2027 and these years coming up where changes are going to happen. What do you see as that next way of, mm, I won't even say politics, but let's use that as a substitute word. Well, I would say government. Mm -hmm. um, government means to sail in Greek. Mm -hmm. um, so, because the first governments in the world were, were basically the king or the representative going on a boat to talk to another island. Mm -hmm. um, so that idea was like, we are governing mm -hmm. an island, we're governing. So they were sailing from one island to another and talking to the leaders. Uh, so politics is basically the organizational structure of a city, a police, which is a small place. So we are now a network. So right. politics doesn't work. Right. Because we, we, we try to put our politics with mm -hmm. our morality, which means the mm -hmm. way we see things in one place, into a different place. Like, mm -hmm. for example, we, we cannot say how to live, uh, how the, uh, the Americans telling the Arabian people how to live. Right. It's like, <laughs> doesn't no, work. it doesn't work. It's been so, proven. It doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the British trying to tell the Indians how to live. Yeah, exactly. Work. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. work. So um, each one of us has a unique way of understanding reality, of understanding the world. So that's different politics, and that's good. But uh, what do you think is, governmentally, as in terms of bodies that have yeah. to have some sort of say on behalf of the people? Governmentally, the problem is that. Um, even if we have kind of a democracy, which is not really democracy, mm -hmm. I call it a, a fake feudalism. Yeah, no, I agree with that. The <laughs> so, way it's been structured, yeah. yes. Uh, it, it was structured just because uh, people wanted to be part of everything. So they made it part of everything, but they made it part of feudalism, mm -hmm. not democracy really as it, as, it, as it was designed in Greek times mm -hmm. 3,000 years ago. Um, so we kind of... Um, think that we have democracy. But these times are trying to show us something different. Governments are a person that sails to another government, to another place, sorry, another politics, to talk in regard of these people. So these people choose this person to go and talk. Basically, that's a politics of democracy and a government representation. going. Representation. Yeah, yeah, representation. And that worked for thousands of years because there was no phones. Right. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically um, we haven't had internet. Today, everyone has a voice. Uh, from the, sorry, but from mm -hmm. the most stupid person 
Mm-hmm. So the most clever person, we all have a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, Even if you're just filming yourself popping bubblegum. Exactly. You have a voice. You have a voice. And you could have a million a lot followers of people, if yeah. you blow a big enough, beautiful enough bubble. Exactly. Yeah. So talking about representative today, it's very old. Mm-hmm. Because today, the people that has the solutions for the, for the population are not politics, mm-hmm. are people that have solutions. And people that have solutions can talk to other people that has a problem and eventually solve them. It doesn't matter where they live which before it was very different, very complicated. So I'm, I'm thinking that the next step is to create another system that the Greeks have never talked about um, because they had an internet. Uh, so all the different types of government have been designed in a world that wasn't connected. Right. Mm-hmm. And today we have the tools to be connected, to have a voice and to be able to create projects and solve problems to people without anyone representing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but f- in order to get there, we need to leave a huge crisis, which is the crisis of the shepherd, the crisis of being a sheep. Yes. Uh, basically. Behind. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, I always love to tell this to the people. Um, the only reason why shepherds exist is because the ships believe they are ships, so they need a shepherd. Um, so it's, it's because of the people not dealing with their own conflicts that we need governments today. So And not wanting the responsibility, exactly. ultimately. Responsibility is the first thing. Yes. So if we don't take our own responsibilities, always will come someone to take the responsibility. So we cannot blame a politician by taking the responsibility. And those people take the power just because we allow them to. So they're going to become less and less relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But um, I guess one of the things that we should do is not fight against them, Mm -hmm. but to build something different. Underneath, absolutely. Yeah, so put our energy in building something new Mm -hmm. and eventually invite them to be part of it. Mm Because otherwise you create energy of conflict Mm -hmm. and you waste all the energy just trying to survive again. Whoever, whatever is is trying to run a certain game here, Mm -hmm. uh, that's their game. We don't have to play the game anymore. That's what you're saying. We (coughs) unplug from the game, create the solutions, connect together, Mm -hmm. become a connected species, which we are. And And also it's important to know this. Uh, there are countries and regions in this world or people in this world that still need someone to lead them. Yeah, and that, and leave that's it to fine. that. That's fine for Yeah, they will eventually region. get mm-hmm. there. They will eventually yes. understand that. Uh, but we are still thinking as animals, yeah. as mammals, needing someone to lead. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. It's just that we all feel that we don't need them, mm-hmm. but we don't know how to handle our own lives. So that's why I I used to call the new system ontocracy, Mm -hmm. which is the power of the being. Mm -hmm. In in order to get there, you have to acknowledge that you have the power and not the power of the government, the power of your own life. Mm -hmm. And in order to that, you have to change many things, how you eat, how you live, how you relate with others. So it's a very long process to get to ontocracy. Um, 
It's but starting. It's starting. All the little young beings that are being born have different preferences, different yeah. ways of learning than what happened 20, 50, 100, 150 years ago. Yeah. It's already starting mm -hmm. with each generation. Yeah. It, it's, a, yeah. it's a slow process. It's a slow process. Don't yeah. think it's going to be a revolution overnight. No. It won't. And I also want to bring up the whole yeah. notion so we can talk about it for a moment. And that is the value in having as Joan Grant called it, far memory. She had, like you, splendid, detailed memories of so many lifetimes, as you do. And as you bring through your part, you're bringing through what you see, what you've experienced. Other people are bringing through, maybe from the same period of history, where they were in the story mm -hmm. and what they see and what they experienced. Sorry. And how important it is for people to start either choosing to or allowing themselves to understand they're capable of it, remembering because you and I were talking off camera, it's the tapestry of everyone's memories together. Mm -hmm. And you need some anchor people like you that have a, quite a lot of memory to say, well, this was kind of going on then so people can look at it and say, oh yeah, okay, mm -hmm. this is what I saw then too. Yeah. To really start understanding who we are and where what we've come from. Mm -hmm. And so it's wonderful that you've come in this lifetime to, with far memory mm -hmm. that encourages other people to bring their pieces and understanding of those periods of time to the table. Yeah. There, there's Lots no of voices only, are needed. Yeah, there's no only one truth. Yes, exactly. There is a fact that has many ways of seeing it as a truth. Mm -hmm. So many truths, one fact. And if you try to explain the fact, uh, it won't be actually the whole truth. No, because you can say this happened at this time, but there are a thousand ways to interpret it. Exactly. So, yes. so that's why... Um, I, I love to say what I say is not the truth. It is it's just a perspective, my perspective of truth. Exactly. And so for our, this is another one, encouraging our children, listening to our little children. Mm -hmm. These people have memories they're trying to bring through. They just may not have the exact words that you understand. And, yeah. and how to start encouraging people, grandparents, parents, friends of little children, to start listening to the things they're saying about what happened to them. Yeah. It's really important to give them the confidence so by the time they reach teenage years like you, mm -hmm. they can really full on start taking on their memory. Yeah. So any, any thought about that, about the, just the importance of all of us starting to remember? Yes, we, we, are, we are a living memory of this planet. We don't remember just because our cells are trying to protect us. Right. So um, when we start to open ourselves to the memory, we will eventually know that we all have the ability to remember. It's not just a few of us that can remember. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I, I was able to remember in this life is because uh, I never had the limitations in my environment to say that's wrong or and shut up. And that's huge. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, I was born in an agnostic family, but even though they didn't believe in anything, they were open to creativity. Mm -hmm. So my mother was uh, was an artist. She she was painting, and uh, she loved to to read books. I don't, but but she loved to read books. And so when I start to tell the stories, she was able to listen to me. Because she loves story. Yeah, she loves stories. She loved all the things mm -hmm. that I was sharing. Yeah, and she was like, oh, and what happened? How? Yeah, I did know? that with my son. Yeah. it's wonderful to do that. Yeah, because there's so much in the little child. Yeah, but sometimes when we are conditioned by our society or don't talk this with this person, mm -hmm. don't, don't do this, don't, um, or, or try to uh, 
to put the memory or or the thoughts in only one current of thinking. Right. Um, so you are conditioning that person to forget. Um, so it's very important to listen more than questioning. Um, like um, uh, listen what they have to say, not questioning or saying this is not like that or this is not true. Right. Or you are kidding me and this kind of Don't words. try to condition their experience. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And basically, um, basically all the geniuses, the the people that changed the world, uh, they did it because they thought like children, mm -hmm. because they had no limits in their minds and they were playing with reality. But in, in Dreamtime and this reality, and they took them both seriously. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. And, and that's something that is very important for us to remember as an adult, mm -hmm. as adults. Um, remember that um, you are children still mm -hmm. because we are constantly learning. It's not a moment that we say, oh, we are adults and we know everything. No, we, we learn until the day we die. So we are constantly children. And if you allow the children to keep being children, um, and playing with the mind and games and, mm -hmm. and, and using imagination. Imagination is something that it seems like our societies have designed only for kids. Mm -hmm. And when you become a teenager, you can't use imagination anymore because you're you are getting crazy. You need crazy. to get down to facts. Yeah. yeah. You have to go to facts mm -hmm. and you have to good, make good at school. And you have to pay attention to this. Don't go to the, you know, to the moon and blah, blah, yeah. with ideas. So we kind of, when we are 13, 14 years old, we are, we are start to be killed mm -hmm. by society, by telling us what is true, what you should not think. And when you stop imagination, you stop many minds that are able to remember. Yes. To remember not only the past, but also the future. Yes, and we can have a whole other discussion about that mm -hmm. next time. Yeah. We're out of time, but I want to ask you one thing. You, Matthias, the kid in you, what are some of the things, and just ground down into the gravity of Earth life, what are some of the things you just love doing or eating or whatever? You, Matthias. I play a lot. I love to still play like a kid. So what kind of play do you do? Well, I, I love to go play in the rain. Like yesterday we took <laughs> bicycles, for example, and... Right in the, in, the, in the rain and going to the cinema and doing crazy stuff, uh, going to play games and, and yeah. uh, I don't know, uh, do stuff with the, with the mud or, or I don't know, whatever. Anything that's play. Yeah. Play uh, imagination. Going always to a new place, discovery something new. But yeah. maybe it's because my moon is in Sagittarius. Oh, that, well, that's part of it. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> Could um, be that simple. That's why, yeah. But I, yeah. I usually keep the inner child very alive all the time. I, I make a lot of jokes. I, I, I lose some followers because of that. <laughs> <laughs> keep on losing followers. It's yeah, okay. That, sometimes I do that on purpose. <laughs> yes. Good. <laughs> so if people yeah. are being overly sensitive, they're not getting the message anyway. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, you do. You have this wonderful, playful, very, very, very youthful. You are young, but even more youthful energy about you and a sparkle in your eyes. Mm -hmm. So you're, you can see that you're constantly remembering, renewing, regenerating. And yeah. that's a lovely thing to see. And it's lovely having you with me on set. And Thank let's you. have another conversation later, maybe about future. Sure. Thanks. You can go to at least four dozen other shows of Matthias here on Gaia and dive deeper into this and many of his other topics. Until next time, thank you for joining us here on Open Minds. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Gaia's Consciousness Podcast. Learn even more at Gaia.com and watch interviews, movies, and original series, all to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Gaia. Watch. Belong. Transform. Transform.